0: Come to this time in the service. We ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Well, this is uh, Sermon 3 in our series, Living the 5. Actually, Sermon 4, but we won't go into that. But it's actually the third part of our Living the 5 series. And I hope if you are participating in one of the community groups. I hope that you're being blessed by, by the study, by, by going through these exercises. And I know the, the, the group that I'm going through, some friends of ours that, that gather at Trace and I's house, we're enjoying the opportunity of fellowshipping and, and being with each other and, and going through and having the discussion with each other. It, it, it's led to a deeper connection for us as, as friends. And uh, during the week, we're we're reaching out to each other more, we're texting, we're sharing concerns, uh, joys that are happening within our families, and it's just been a blessing, and I pray that if you are participating, that it's been a blessing for you, too. We've had uh, three sermons, and the first one, we talked about the necessity of of gathering together, and I felt that, and I hopefully... It's important to be connected with the body of Christ and not, not be isolated, uh, but to have people there to help you through those difficult times, to have people there uh, to help support and love and, and encourage you. And, and one thing about our faith, as we shared last week, we are called to grow. We're not called to stay the same or, or, or to be in the same spot that we were yesterday. But because our faith is active and alive, and because we serve a living savior we are we're to change, we are to grow. you know Jesus shares in his parables about how those branches that that fail to grow they they get they get cut off they they are thrown into the fire because they're no longer producing fruit. So as we continue to grow in our faith, we are called to produce fruit. We are called to do things to help share God's love with others. Today we're talking about how saved people serve people. How saved people serve people. And I will have to admit, I, I am one of those people that I am not really thrilled when we're talking about saved people or being saved. Now, let me clarify that before people get up in arms and stuff. I do believe that we are saved by grace through faith. Is that that's the saving love of Jesus Christ that that makes us who we are? But unfortunately, I think we have come to a point in definitely American Christianity, where we think that once we are saved, or or once we become saved, that's it. We don't have to do anything else. We say that we are a Christian, and I can just sit around and do absolutely nothing. (laughs) Amen for, no, just kidding. (laughs) No, no. We are, we are, you know, to go along with what we talked about last week, we are growing in our faith and we are continuing to reach out and share God's love with others. One of my favorite theologians is Dallas Willard, and a while ago he wrote these words. He said, history has brought us to the point where the Christian message is thought to be essentially concerned only how to deal with sin. See, when we think about being saved, we we talk about our sins being washed away. Like our actual existence is not included in which is now presented as the heart of the Christian message, or it is included only marginally. When we examine the broad spectrum of Christian proclamation and practice, we see that the only thing made essential on the right wing of theology is forgiveness of of the individual sin. And on the left wing, it is removal of social or structural evils. The current gospel then becomes a gospel of sin management. Transformation of life and character is no part of the redemptive message. So, So what... What Dallas Willard is saying is that we get so preoccupied about sin management, whether it's, it's, it's our own personal sins that we're trying to take care of or whether it's, it's the sins of a corrupt system or the world around us that we forget the whole point of our walk with Christ is so that we become Christ-like. What I mean by that is that that our, acti- our actions, our, our thoughts, our desires represent or mirrors what it was that concerned Christ and what Christ came to do. So, so when we are saved, it's, it's not an end point. It, it's really the beginning of, of who we are, and we are called to reach out and continue to to share God's love with others. So how do we do that? Our scripture for this morning comes from the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. I invite you to follow along with your Bibles, or we have the words up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. And serve each other according to the gift each person has received, as good managers of God's diverse gifts. Whoever speaks should do so as those who speak God's word. Whoever serves should do so from the strength that God furnishes. Do this so that in everything God may be honored through Jesus Christ. To him be honor and power forever and always. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as saved people, we are called to do two things. The first thing that we are called to do is that we are called to serve God. First Peter shares this in the passage that we just read in 1 Peter uh, 4.11. It says, do this so that in everything God may be honored through Jesus Christ. So in in everything we do, when we have this saved life, we are then to use that life to give honor and glory to God. Now the question may come, well, well then how do we do that? How do we give honor and glory to God? The first part is so simple, is that you have to show up. You have to, to be Present. Now, I'm not, not only just talking about worship attendance, although we're so glad that you're here and that you have made this a part of your Sunday routine, but as Christians, we must show up wherever we are. It, it could be work. It could be at school. It, it could be at a coffee shop. It could be just at the most simple of places to be alert and to see how God may be calling you to reach out and share with others. Before I became pastor here in Roy City, uh, most of you know that I was a part of a new church start in another community. And, and one of the things that I, I love doing uh, as a part of this new church start is I drank a whole lot of coffee at Starbucks. And I, w- I would go hang out at a Starbucks over at Firewheel in, in Garland and I would sit there and observe. And, and there are days that I remember when I would wake up in the morning and going to the Starbucks was the very last thing that I wanted to do. I, I'm kind of an introvert, and, and I you know, didn't really want to be around a big crowd. I didn't want to have to fight for a chair or, or a table. But this one particular day, I felt a a nudging that I had to be at this particular Starbucks. So I gathered all of my stuff up, and I went to the place, ordered my coffee, and sat down and started to type on my keyboard, and a gentleman by the name of Ted sat down beside me. Ted was an older gentleman. He had a scruffy beard. He was wearing cut-off shorts, and he uh, had a coffee. He was a regular at Starbucks, and he had a mug with his name on it. He would just turn that in, they would wash it for him, and then the next time they'd come in, they would pour another cup for him. And He sat down next to me, and, and we started to have a conversation. And I enjoyed talking to Ted until that one question that every pastor hates to have come up during a conversation, and that's, what do you do for a living? And you know that not that I want to, of course I want to share what God is doing in my life, but I know that most of the time, when that question is answered, that shuts off the conversation. <clears throat> at least, maybe it's the way that I present myself, and that does that, I don't know. <laughs> but he asked me the question, I said, I'm a pastor at a, of a church here in town, and he said, oh, I've been wanting to talk to a pastor. I, I, I had some questions, and we sat there, and we talked, and he, he shared with me what was going on with his life, and I, you know, talked to him about what i believed about my faith and how I saw God moving in his life, and we closed our time together in prayer. And I saw Ted several times after that, and we had multiple conversations, and I enjoyed our time together. Now, Ted never came to my church. He he, he said he would, but the times that we would get together were there at Starbucks, and we would share what was going on in each other's lives, and it was, a, it was a holy moment. And I sat there and I thought to myself, man, what if when I woke up in the morning and, and I didn't want to go, and I ignored that call from God just to show up, what would have happened to Ted? You know, would Ted been able to, to connect with someone else? Would Ted be able to, to share what was going on in his heart? And mine would, would, would Ted had been able to have someone pray over him and and give him that that peace and assurance that God was with him even in his darkest time? you know I, I can go on with other stories of how I would wake up in the morning and I didn't want to go to a chamber meeting or if I wake up in the morning i didn't want to go do tutoring or Know, vice versa, and maybe you had these feelings too—that you feel like, you know, I just really don't want to get up and do this, but you go because you know that that someone is is drawing you, and I believe that that's God drawing you, saying, you can make a difference in someone's life. You can share how God is moving in you, so that they can see God in themselves and feel that love and grace that is freely and open to all. See, by showing up, that allows us the opportunity for God to move even, we don't want, even when we don't wanna move, even when we wanna stay put where we are. See, I think Suzanne said it great with our kids, we all have gifts to share. Doesn't matter who you are, you have a particular gift that is a blessing to someone else. And when you take the opportunity to use that gift, there's a feeling inside that you feel good that you were able to do that, but there is even a greater opportunity that it is life-changing for someone else. First Peter says, you know, whoever speaks should do so as those who speak God's word. Whoever serves should do so from the strength that God furnishes. See, there, there's a strength that we have in our service. There's a strength that we have through what God has given us, even when we don't feel like it ourselves. The Bible is full of people like uh, it, it's amazing, we have a tendency to look at Scripture through a lens uh, that's centuries past when it was written. But those who were written about are people with major flaws themselves. They were people who doubted themselves. They didn't know if, if God would be able to use them. I found this, lick, this list by a Rick Warren that just really gives us a good picture of those that God used in Scripture. First, it starts off by saying that Abraham was old. Jacob was insecure. Leah was unattractive. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was poor. Samson was codependent. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair and all kinds of family problems. Elijah was suicidal, Jeremiah was depressed, Jonah was reluctant, Naomi was a widow, John the Baptist was eccentric to say the least, Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered, Martha worried a lot, the Samaritan woman had several failed marriages, Zacchaeus was unpopular, Thomas had doubts, Paul had poor health, and Timothy was timid. We look at that list and we go. But wait, those, those are the heroes of the faith. Those are the people that we we want to emulate. That that we we want to have our lives like theirs. But at the time the story was being told, at the time that those people were living out their faith, they asked the question: How could I do this? How how can me this? this flawed person be the one that God is calling to share God's love with others. <laughs> Over the next few months, if you've looked at our social media feeds, you may have noticed a, a new hashtag that's been showing up. Uh, we got this, in April, remind me of the guy's name, Brian Henderson, Jeff Henderson. He's a pastor uh, down in, uh, in uh, the Atlanta area, and he started a movement called For Your Community. And part of the reasons why he started this, this movement was because as a church, we have to admit that we have done a really horrible job of, of telling people what we are for. Now, We've done a really good job of telling people what we're against. You know, if you look online and you read articles or maybe if you talk to a neighbor, you could say, well, that's the reason why I don't like Christians is because they're against this, that, and the other thing. You know, the Barna Research has done a lot of reports about, about who, what the church is against. But, but Jeff Henderson's model was like, you know, we need to tell the community what exactly we are for. How are we supporting the community that your church is planted in? How can we use what the gifts and the graces that we have in order to serve the community in a way that lets them see that Royce City First United Methodist Church loves them, but more importantly, that there is a God through Jesus Christ, that loves them with a deep and passionate love that will never, ever let them go. So our challenge for you over this next period of time, even hopefully this will go on forever and ever, is that when you see something positive in our community, whether it be at Davis Elementary School or over at the high school or at the well or whatever location you are, just tag something and say, for Royce City. That way, people know that, that there are a group of people, not necessarily from Royce City, First United Methodist Church, but from the community that's standing up and saying, we are supporting the work that is happening in our community community and then on april the 29th I'm, i know i'm talking several months down the road last year we had our first the church has left the building and if you are new to our congregation what this day was this was a day that we gathered at 8 30 in the morning for a short time of worship and then we went out into the community and we served on a sunday morning yeah We left the church building, and we went and did work out in the community. We had people at Davis, at at Ruth Cherry, at the middle school. We had people down at Old City Lake Park Painting. We had people down Main Street uh, sweeping and cleaning up Main Street. We had all of these activities because we wanted our community to know that Royce City First United Methodist Church is for our community. If you are interested in helping plan an event for that day, uh, see me after worship, see April over here, or see Tim. Uh, We'll we'll get your name down, and we'll start telling you how to get involved. We have a few months to plan this, but I wanted to let you know that this was on our radar. So after Easter is over, we will get together, and we will make a huge difference in our community because God has made a huge difference in our lives. It is an exciting time to to be saved by a God who loves us and cares for us, by a God who sent his one and only son so that we may have life and life abundantly. But it's a wonderful time to share that love with others so, so others may experience God's love in a tangible way and make the love of Jesus Christ, a part of their lives. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, as we gather together, as we continue to move through uh, these five ways to help us grow in our faith, help us to remember that, that you don't call us just to, to hog the, the love and grace of Jesus Christ for ourselves, that once we are saved by grace through faith, and you call us to go out and serve our neighbor. It could be an easy way to serve by just babysitting one night for kids or, or helping share a meal with someone who is sick or in need. It could be finding ways to get plugged in to share God's love with kids who are younger than you. Or it could be a way of just making a difference in the community because you have made a difference for us. We pray that you help guide us as we continue to be faithful to the call that you have placed on each and every one of us. And we pray this in the strong name of the one who gives us life and life abundantly, Jesus our Lord. Amen.